Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Well, well, well. It's always nice to be sitting across from someone real. <laughs> I'm not saying that other people on my podcast are not real, but so often they're on Skype, they're in yeah. another country. I can touch you. Look at this. I can touch you. <laughs> And we're in this amazing room where you actually match the walls. Yeah, well, we'll yeah, we'll actually, that's true. I'm wearing, uh, I haven't introduced my guest because I'm very professional. <laughs> I will in a second, but I will say I'm wearing some quite bright red trousers, jeans. The carpet is red, the wall is red. We're going to get a photo of me yeah. in this clearly. And, your nails. and my nails are red. So, all very well. Who is this mysterious person that's sitting across from me? I shall answer my own rhetorical is it rhetorical question? Rhetorical, sure. Thank you. Yeah, she's very educated. Uh, Holly Smith, uh, celebrant London. That's me. She is a person that marries people for I a do. living. That's my job. That's <laughs> well, my hustle. And, and you're a podcaster. I am also a podcaster. That's my other hustle. She's yeah. a double hustle. She's my sort of gal. <laughs> We've been trying to hook this up for about 14 years. Yeah, I think since I was born. Yep. And I've been sending you emails. It actually happened. Yeah. And here's the shitty thing. I promised to bring cake. <gasps> you didn't bring any cake? And I fucking betrayed you. It's okay. I'm pretty sure there might be some cake in this office. Great. Well, let's hunt some cake after this. I feel like it's the greatest betrayal of all time that I promised cake. I thought there was a cupcake place at the train station <laughs> and it fucking has not been there anymore. You know what there is though? What? Because I've been in the States recently. There's a bag of American candy under my desk. Great. Well, let's just we'll find hoe that. into that afterwards. Let's hoe into this episode. Why are we here? What are we talking about? Today, you and I are going to have a good old chat about vows. Vows. Yes. Now, vows are a funny thing. Well, they can be funny. Mm-hmm. Funny ha-ha and funny weird. Because a lot of the time <laughs> I find people, and people have heard me say this before, but they spend so much time on the aesthetics of the day, all the details, and then they really leave the vows and the actual wedding service ceremony yeah. to the last second. I think you're absolutely right. People now have control over literally every element and there's like a Pinterest board for everything, mm. but not so much for ceremonies. And actually, that's kind of why I got into this business because I I know that I have been and you'll have been and a lot of your listeners will have been to ceremonies where you're kind of a bit dry mm. and it was you knew that they'd kind of had to just pick from a couple of different scripts. And I went to my own cousin's wedding a couple of years ago there was barely a mention of him and his now wife and how they'd met. And I was sitting there going, but I want to know their story. Yes. And and that's the really brilliant thing about being a celebrant is that because you don't have any legal restrictions about what you have to include and where you can have the ceremony, then you can have whatever you want. Now, we are obviously broadcast worldwide, universally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe even to other planets, they might be listening. Who knows? Rules are different in different countries. Yeah. So we must say that in the outset. But also, you'll find celebrants in pretty much every country in the whole wide yeah, world. Absolutely. They're global now. Before we get into the details, can you go through what you're just in the UK and we yeah. can extend this kind of know Josh Withers has been on the show before mm-hmm. and he's sort of explained in Australia the rules. America have got similar rules to here, I do believe. Yeah. But look, I'm knocking on the table so you can't sue me. Um <laughs> who's gonna sue over that? <laughs> Dickheads. What can you get away with here? What's your yeah. sort of role? So in the UK, in England and Wales in particular, to get married, you have to get married in a venue that has a license. Right. So um, that could be a church 
or a registry office or a hotel or a particular venue that's been granted a license. Mm -hmm. For them to get a license, there are some set criteria. So they have to have a roof and they have to be permanent. Interesting. So in this country, you can't legally get married outdoors. You couldn't get married on a boat that was moving down the river. You couldn't get married in a converted warehouse or a barn or anything like that unless they'd applied for a license, which often they wouldn't. And if you do find a venue that you love and it has a license, it's probably going to jack its costs up a bit. Right. But also you then have to have a registrar come and they have a license to conduct weddings in a licensed place. But registrars can be really bound by what they have to say. And don't get me wrong, there's some amazing registrars out there, but often couples will have a few different scripts to choose from and not very much flexibility on what they can change. And those people will often do multiple weddings a day. Mm. So the way that celebrants work is they can do a wedding literally anywhere you want. Probably there's maybe some health and safety issues to consider. But for no, example, no cliff face wedding. No well, I haven't done a cliff face. Well, wedding. Well, if you want to have one, I, I have think done, she's. Oh, I, have, I have done a mountaintop wedding. Of course, you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've also done weddings in um, in big parks or in family back gardens. Uh, earlier this summer, I did a wedding in a in a brewery, which was amazing, good Fab. fun. Um, and so that's the thing: you can pick the venue of your dreams, particularly for people who want to have an outdoor wedding. And also, you know, most of those weddings you see on Don't Tell the Bride, where they get married somewhere really weird, they always have a celebrant. Of course they do. So what my couples tend to do is pop to the registry office and do the legal bit first, Mm -hmm. because in this country, by law, there's only a couple of lines you have to say. So that's the, I do solemnly declare that I know not of any legal reason why I can't marry this person, and I call upon these witnesses here present to witness that I take you. And once you've done that bit you are free to do whatever you want with the rest of your ceremony. So they'll usually go and do that. You can do that for as little as 50 quid in most in most um, like council districts. And then you're free. free I do, do believe George and Amal Clooney did that at the they Chelsea did. Town Hall. Yeah. My good friends. Yeah, yours in, and mine. In my dreams. And actually it's much more common in, in Europe because like the Town Hall wouldn't be open at the weekend. So people have their big wedding celebration on the weekend. Mm. And then on the Monday they pop to the Town Hall... They sign the paperwork and that makes it official. And I kind of think of it like when a baby is born. It's not like your baby isn't real until you've signed a certificate. No. Your baby is real from when it pops Pops out. Pops out, sure. And so that's actually lovely to know the reasons. And I will have to say, I'm going to make an official announcement here. My lovely friend, Emma Block, who did the illustration for my podcast, Mm. I had a chat with her recently and she said exactly what you just said. And I called bullshit on those rules (gasps) because in Australia, it's not the case. If you're you're so lucky in Australia, you do it all. Yes, we're very, and we, I did actually did some reading uh, ahead. I did my homework. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We had one, we're the first country to, Pass those. Now I'm going to fuck it up. The I'm saying we were the first country to pass those the rules with the celebrants. The laws is what it's called. Yeah. To be able to um you know not have the restrictions on yeah. it. So we're very behind the times in you know same sex marriages and all the rest. But we do have good celebrant laws. We do have good celebrant <laughs> laws. And actually, that's the, the that's one thing that's really brilliant is there's uh, the Australian College of Celebrancy mm. that people train with, and then I trained with the Fellowship of Professional Celebrants in the UK who are like the UK arm of the Australian college. So, you know, and we, we've been doing a lot of lobbying in the last few years to try and make celebrants have legal power. But 
same-sex marriage has been the biggest thing on the legal agenda for the last few years so i think it's important that we get that right first. yeah look I, I think you're very right that's a great it's a great win just for society in general yeah. and if you're in the states and you're listening it's very similar situations obviously check your local state laws as well because yeah. i know it does differ from state to state but it is a similar situation where you can actually have friends ordained be ordained yeah. and go through that which is quite nice if you've it's got lovely. someone that is good at talking and confident and i should also say that in scotland you can get married by a humanist celebrant by law but i wouldn't class myself as a i class myself as an independent celebrant because sometimes there's a particular song or a reading or something that people want to include that might mention the word god that you wouldn't necessarily be able to have in a humanist ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, humanist is very secular, isn't it? It's the idea secular. that we are yeah. just going no religion. Yeah, none of that. And sometimes, you know, I'm I'm not of any particular religious faith myself, but sometimes I'll have couples who are from different backgrounds and they want to have an interfaith wedding and bring elements of both cultures together, and I'm more than happy to accommodate that. So, um, yeah, Scotland's a little bit ahead of the times up there, but uh, we've got a long way to go in England. Good on you, Scotland. Yeah. And Ireland for bringing in the, the same-sex marriage yeah, as well. at last. Yeah, it's all happening. We're making progress. Woohoo! Now, today, as you said, we're going to be talking about the ceremony, the service, vows, how to actually individualise, personalise, mm-hmm. because as you said, we've all been, I'm sure everyone's listening at home, in the car, the train, wherever you are, can remember a wedding service that they've gone to and gone, oh my you could be talking about anyone <laughs> what is going on well there's noises and stuff's happening and yeah. the person up the front doesn't give a shit they're just there to go through the motions or they haven't had a meeting i mean obviously you should be meeting with these people yeah. prior to a number of times but there are times when you just go i don't think you've ever seen this person before yeah. you can't pronounce their <laughs> name correctly I know, that's embarrassing when they can't pronounce the name Oh my gosh, you should just write it out phonetically if you've got a problem. Yeah, that's what I get my clients to do. Good. I always say, if your name's weird, just tell me how to pronounce it. Just let me learn it and I won't fuck it up on the day. Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of people, as we said, it can be an afterthought, which is quite a strange thing when that's what the point of the whole day is, that Mm. you are standing in front of family, friends, declaring whatever you're going to declare, Yeah, which we're going to talk about. How do you go about when you're first looking for that person? And, of course, if you, you've you got a local minister or someone that you're going with, you might not have the choice, Yeah, potentially. But if you are going for a, a, a celebrant or a registrar or someone, I'm using global terminology yeah. here, where do we find these people? How do we hook up with them? I mean, so there's a couple of different ways that I would recommend. Google. Google someone good. in your area. Not necessarily where you live, but where you're going to get married. Sure. That's a good place to start. Most celebrants I know will happily have a free of charge Skype consultation so you can get to know them. Um, I don't let anybody book me without having had a conversation first because the worst thing would be if somebody decided I wasn't quite the right fit Mm. or vice versa, although I've never turned anyone down because everyone who comes to me is awesome. Of course. So nice, my clients. (laughs) Um, And then another thing you can do, like there's so many wedding groups and things these days on Facebook. So if you're in any of those, ask for a local recommendation because somebody, like I guarantee you, if somebody's had a celebrant for their wedding, they will sing and dance about that person for the rest of their life. And I see a lot of If they've done the job right. If they've done the job right. But I don't know no bad celebrants. (laughs) Um, And the other thing is, as I said, I trained with the Fellowship of Professional Celebrants. And there's a list of all the celebrants in the UK who've been trained by them on their website. So they're worth a Google. 
And a word of mouth really goes a long yeah. way. I, sp- I think we talk about this in the industry so much that if you, I always say, if you've got a photographer that you really like, ask them for recommendations yeah. because you as a wedding professional, you go to a lot of weddings. You see a lot of people and I'm sure yeah. you'd be able to say, well, they're duds or they're good. Yeah. Ask. And similarly, I end up helping a lot of my clients with um, like lots of different random stuff if they're just not sure how how to decorate the what we would what would traditionally be an altar if they're like how will we work this space then I'm happy to give recommendations about that Mm. um and readings and things and we'll we'll chat about that a bit more in a bit but Mm. um yeah like word of mouth so if you've if you've booked a venue or if you've booked a supplier ask them if they know anyone in particular because I definitely have my faves that I would always recommend yeah and that's great because you've seen it you've gone through it and you've you trust these people and that's, I think, a really uh, underutilized thing in some some uh, areas, especially if you've got a destination wedding. If you're going out of town, yeah. if you don't know the people and where you're going or you have a wedding planner, obviously they would be able to give you some advice. But, again, if, you are, if, you've, if you've booked one area of it, talk to them. Yeah, ask. Definitely. Because I don't want to give shitty recommendations. And it's quite a small industry, really. People do know each other. So um, the... The cream will always rise to the top. I oh, believe. bless. Bless. <laughs> hey, you said when you went to your cousin's wedding that you didn't feel connected when you first were watching yeah. that. What What were the points that you went, mm, this is not great? I mean, just the fact that there was very little mention of them and their story. Yeah. And it was quite... Oh, God, I hope they don't listen to this. It was quite... <laughs> if, if it's you... Just know that you have started a whole career for your dear cousin. You've done a good thing by having a substandard yeah, celebrant. Thank you so much, dearest cousin. <laughs> There's only one it could be. Um, and so, yeah, but I just, I just kind of felt like there wasn't, it wasn't very personal. That's mm. the thing. I like a personal wedding. So how do you get, when you meet a client and you decide that you are going to marry them, they want you to marry them, yeah. you want to work with them, because there's got to be a mutual vibe, I suppose, happening. Mm-hmm. How do you start that conversation with asking what it is they want? Because wedding services, I've been to some that go for bloody an hour and some are 15 minutes. They're yeah. just like, let's get this done. And sometimes you can just like, great, put a champagne in my hand. I'm yeah. ready to party. Yeah. How do you figure all that shit out? I mean, so I start with once, once somebody books me, I will send them a questionnaire which sounds really nerdy, but it's the best way to get the detail of what's important to people, I think. So that's questions like, tell me how you met, tell me what your first impressions of each other were, what was your engagement like, what are some of your like wishes for your marriage, what are you most looking forward to about your future together? And that really helps me get a sense of who the couple are. And I always recommend that they print those and they go away and fill out a copy separately because... Sometimes that sparks really lovely memories that the other one wouldn't necessarily oh, that's think nice. to include. Yeah, I've, I've had some real gems. I had a couple this year who had a story about um, the, the moment she knew that she wanted to marry him was when he went to the shop to get her some biscuits and he came back with chocolate digestives, dark chocolate digestives, without prompting. And uh, she said that was the moment she knew and she had tears in her eyes but she couldn't tell him why. <laughs> and, uh, I thought that was just so lovely but That's I think sweet. if they'd come up with something together those types of stories wouldn't have come out mm. so once they've done that and they've sent me back their answers we then have a really frank conversation about what they what they want to include what they like about ceremonies and also what they don't like because people always know what they don't want in their wedding but they don't necessarily know 
what they do want. So what are some of the things when they say, I don't want you to sing or I don't want <laughs> this to go on forever or yeah. I don't want to talk about God or whatever. Yeah, all what, that what, kind of stuff. What are some of the and things? And sometimes it's, you know, they they don't want to be, the bride might not want to be walked down the aisle by a family member. Fine. Sometimes they want to come in together. Sometimes they want to be there and welcome all their guests and just start the ceremony when they feel ready. I love that. And I do that loads. Do you? Yeah, so there's often... Uh, a little bit of a party beforehand, champagne canapes. When they feel ready, they just give me a nudge, and then I'll say, if you just charge your glasses, because we're going to start in five minutes. Oh, my God, I'm going to take that. I'm writing my Bride Chiller book at the moment. All right. And I'm just hitting, it's so weird we're talking about this, I'm just hitting a chapter about um, just ditching some shitty traditions. I shouldn't yeah. say shitty traditions. Just some traditions that I don't feel has a place yeah. necessarily in modern society. And one that I struggle with is the I'll walk with the yeah. dad. And I did, I had my grandfather and my dad walk me in, which was really nice. But it was more about, I disconnected the patriarchal, you know, attachment to that. It was more just to go, we didn't really have bridesmaids and people standing with us. It was nice to have them come in and acknowledge them as people in my life. But anyone else would look at that and go, well, she was walked down the aisle. But for me, I'd sort of worked through that. Yeah. But that's a really great idea to have people welcome them in. I think yeah. that's fantastic. And there are so many traditions that are that a lot of my couples say they feel are a little bit outdated now. Mm. You know, like the the tradition of the bride carrying the flowers mm. is because, you know, years and years and years ago people wouldn't bathe very often. They wouldn't have access to lots of hot <gasps> water. So brides were like a little bit stinky. They stink. So they'd bring flowers to mask the, the pot. <laughs> Like and I would never, freak. ever suggest that that's the case with a bride these well, days. Well, if it is, have a shower beforehand. <laughs> it's the one day. Always shower on your wedding day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, some traditions we've kept because they're nice. Sure. But they don't have the same meaning. No. So, but yeah, like, I love weddings where it's, you know, we'll, we'll welcome everyone together and then when we feel ready, we'll just begin. And that's that's lovely. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off the bride as well, not having mm. to make that big entrance. Yes. Especially if you're someone who doesn't love standing up in front of everyone. And I do get a lot... I did an episode with Nova uh, from New Bride ages ago, um, and I can't remember off the top of my head which number it is, but it was about confidence. And she had received an email from one of her readers saying, I am really struggling with the idea of being the centre of attention. Yeah. I can't wait for the wedding, but I sort of don't want it to be about me. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people out oh, there yeah. that feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And so as part of what I do is if, if my couples want to have readings in the ceremony, we'll... Um, identify who we want those people to be mm. and sometimes the sometimes a couple know exactly which readings and who's going to do them sometimes they know they want particular people but they don't care what they say right and so i'll sometimes work with those people independently to help them come up with something um and yeah if they're a bit nervous sometimes we'll just practice on a phone call or a skype session go through some tips for just being comfortable on the day because it's a you know there's people in our lives that are really important that we want to include in our ceremonies mm. but to them, it might be like, oh, God, this is my worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, and there's loads of, I have loads of tips and techniques for helping people feel confident about that stuff. And that's really important. I know you do some coaching as well, and I think that's one thing to have that sort of, um, as in your position as a celebrant, yeah. is to have that sort of calming uh, side to your yeah. role as well. Because it is daunting standing up there in front of people. I always say... I love doing stand-up because it's usually in front of a room of strangers. So if I mess up, I don't care. Why do you care deeply? But I'm never (laughs) going to see them again. Whereas if I know someone's in the audience that is 
one of my people, yeah. I just crap my pants. So mm. I think it's a thing when we were getting hitched, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh my God, these are all the people that we care most deeply about. Yeah. And it's, I got nervous. <laughs> I'm always most nervous about, I, I don't really, I get a little bit nervous before every ceremony. And yeah. I think if you don't have that, you're getting a bit complacent. Well, I think you don't care. I yeah. always feel the same way. I think if you, you, you nerves are great yeah. and they do, the endorphins and your body is built to go, all right, I'm going to make this happen. But the the ones I get most nervous about are definitely when it's family or friends. Mm. I'm doing I'm doing a wedding in September for my boyfriend's brother and his girlfriend, and I'm so excited about it. But I think actually just the thought that my boyfriend's going to be in the audience. Oh my gosh! My ceremony has he seen you do it before? He has been to one wedding that I've done before. Yeah. Do you put a persona on? I'm not saying like <laughs> hello, I'm Holly. Not that sort of persona. But do you feel like you play a character or a role? Mm, not so much. No, I don't know. I just kind of I'm there and I'm me and I'm. You're gonna listen to me and I'm you gonna yeah. make you pay attention, have a little giggle. I like to bring some humour to my ceremonies. Mm. I don't. I don't want people to sit there thinking, oh God. Another wedding. <laughs> but that's the thing. Humor is such a huge part. And yeah. we, look, we are going to be talking. We want. I want to get onto the vows now and yeah. finding some interesting readings. First, though, we must just have a short break to reset the brain, to reset the mind, and to listen to a couple of messages. This is the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I'm Alicia. I'm talking to the lovely Holly Smith. She is a celebrant in London, but she'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere. Put her on a plane tomorrow. <laughs> She'll marry you. Can you do that? Um, I'm pretty sure I could come up with a ceremony in... Anyway. I'd like more than 24 hours, but we could do it. Yeah, of course, because she's amazing. She'll make <laughs> it happen for you. All right, more after this. All right, it's all about vows, the ceremony, the service. Holly and I are trying to debunk some of the boringness that some people attach to the actual wedding service, which is mm. ridiculous. But it's also because perhaps it's attached to crazy old trad people that stand up the front and go we are here today to witness the ball and you're like oh, i'm snoring i don't give a shit so we need to debunk we need to give people a fresh view on yeah. their marriage service ceremony whatever we're going to call it today yeah readings you mentioned readings before getting someone in that perhaps is a good friend that you want to include in mm-hmm. the day i think actually the readings people are really important because perhaps they're not a bridesmaid or a groomsman. Perhaps you don't even have them, which yeah. I totally support. But it's a lovely gesture, I think, in a friendship or having a family member come in and do something. Yeah. And I think it also breaks the ceremony up a little bit. Mm. You don't want to just be listening to the celebrant, me, although I am one come on. to listen to. Um, and you don't want to feel, as the couple, that the pressure is just on you to yeah. perform through the whole ceremony. So it can be nice just to have that breather, to have someone come up and... Um, read a poem or um, something they've written for you, especially if they wouldn't necessarily be involved in speeches or whatever you're going to do later. That's true. And so I kind of think that it's a good idea to sit down and think about who those people might be and have a conversation with them about whether they feel comfortable. Some people are like, hell yeah, I'm definitely up for doing a reading. And others, it's their worst nightmare and <laughs> there's just no way. So have a, like maybe have a chat and just see how they're feeling about it. And then... As I said, some of my couples know exactly which readings they want to have and they know who they want to do them, and that's brilliant. But I've also worked with wedding ceremonies where they know they want particular people, but they don't 
want to know what they're going to read. And I think that's a really exciting way to approach it mm. because those people can then bring their own kind of message of love to the wedding. That's so, such a lovely idea. Yeah, so they'll go, they'll sometimes go and find a particular reading or they'll write something themselves. I had one really fun wedding in the summer where the the guy who was reading the... Um, who was doing the reading, he'd only been married for three years, so he said he didn't have that much wisdom to impart yet. <laughs> but he found an article about a woman called Barbara who'd been married for 73 years. <gasps> and he read out these kind of words of wisdom from Barbara. I love it. But he brought along a framed picture of Barbara and her husband, oh and gosh. it was just hilarious. And one of Barbara's pieces of advice was make time to make love. Now, Barbara was like 96 Beautiful. at this point. So uh, it was just really funny and really warm and really charming. And I believe that couple now have that framed picture of Barbara on their mantelpiece. Oh, my gosh. Barbara. <laughs> Barbara's the best. That's so magic. And so that's the kind of thing, I think, when you, when you give people the freedom to think about what they want to bring to your wedding, mm. then you can come up with some nice stuff. And if you're the kind of person that would absolutely not let anyone else decide what they're going to bring to your ceremony that's fine too but the nice thing about that, that is you would have been there to veto know, it so yeah. you're not going to go someone's going to go I'm going to fucking read something uh, from my high school diary when I was 13 you're like I don't think so pick something better yeah. so that's a nice thing to go if you've got someone like yeah. Holly on your team you can give them the power I'm using air quotes that you can't see clearly because this is an audio <laughs> situation but you could give them that sort of yeah. responsibility yeah absolutely and I'll and I normally work with them to kind of figure out the length that they're going to do and once they've identified what they want to read I'll then think about where it fits within the ceremony and the right tone and that mm. sort of stuff so that's a really fun part working, I love that. working with surprise readings I think people should definitely embrace that. Surprise readings, that's one of my favourite things, as well as the greeting people as they come in. You're a bloody world of <laughs> gem visionary. Of, visionary, exactly. <laughs> gem of information. What about um, readings? I, I've been going I, in preparation. Again, I just want to really reiterate that I prepared for this. In preparation for the interview today, I was sort of going on looking for interesting readings because I know when we were getting hitched, I really struggled. I found a lot of the readings really vomy. Mm-hmm. and naff and like my love will overflow with water forcing like ah oh, yuck if we put that <laughs> shit up there people would have gone that's not you yeah so we chose a jerry seinfeld stand-up piece perfect and some woody allen Great. about about being in love and that suited us to a t but it really took a long time i really wanted a david sedaris oh my god amazing piece, but i couldn't quite find the right one and i spent months going oh. trawling which was a happily a happy thing to reread all his stuff, but we just couldn't find that yeah. thing. But yeah, I think looking online, there is a lot of crap that people just seem to rehash because they go, "Well, we need something about love. It's going to be lovey dovey." Yeah, I think there's this kind of um, there's the traditional stuff that everyone has. Mm. Uh, not everyone, obviously, sure. but a lot of people have. Yeah. And then there's this kind of like subculture of I'm having something that's really offbeat and it's really unusual, <laughs> but actually a lot of people have it. Yeah. And some of those are really nice and really wonderful and playful and childlike, um, like Oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Zeus. Very is quite sweet. Nice. Lots of people do um, it. The, uh, the, what's it called? The Very Lovely Dinosaur or mm, something by yep. Edward Monckton. Yeah. Lovely, but a lot of people do it now. Um, and so when I'm, t when I'm talking to my clients about what readings to include, I say, like, don't look up that shit. Don't mm. ever type readings wedding for readings. my wedding yep. into Google because you're just going to find the same stuff over and over. Uh -huh. 
do go away and think about whether there are particular song lyrics that really mean something to you or, as you say, passages from a book or um, sections from a movie script. That's a really lovely way to include something. Like, I had one couple who um, had a reading that I think was from The Notebook and it was, like, the first film they'd been to see together in the cinema. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, And... Also, like, just don't necessarily look up stuff that's to do with love. Mm. Think about something that's really important to you and then go away and do it. So one couple I worked with were super into wild swimming. So I started to look for readings that were more around water. And actually, there's hundreds of beautiful readings out there about a love of the sea, like, that are written by, like, a captain of a ship or something. Right. Um really beautiful stuff. Mm. So don't feel that you have to look in the usual places for inspiration. The brilliant thing about working with a celebrant as well is you can change your readings pretty late in the day. So if you've got months and months in advance, just keep your eyes and ears peeled. Mm. And if something comes to you that you think that would be absolutely perfect for us, drop them an email, tell them you want to change it, bang it in. Now, if you're listening and you're getting married in a church with a minister, I think, look, I'm not going to talk on behalf of your minister, but I think the church really needs to embrace the use of other readings in services because it might make people go back to the church or get married in a church because I know that talking to a lot of people some some I'm not and please don't I know people get a bit angry if I mention religious stuff but the idea is you know if they had a little bit more freedom to do the formal religious stuff they need to do but to get up and do a reading from a Sadara's book yeah as long as it's not talking about Dixon stuff. Um, the idea that it could <laughs> he be... so often does. <laughs> Which, are, if you haven't read a David Sedaris book... Oh, my God. Get out there right now. Stop listening. You should never Turn stop this off. listening. Don't, we'll pause, 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 pause. Come back. <laughs> purchase any one of his books. Yeah. And just love life. Because it's just possibly my... He's possibly my favourite author. Yeah. However, it'd be nice um, if some some ministers are really embracing this idea to have... Saying you can come in and bring... It doesn't have to be a religious text or anything that yeah. you're reading. And that's really nice to be able to add that. So I don't yeah. want to pe- leave people listening and they're going, yes, but I'm getting married in yeah. a more traditional circumstances. It doesn't mean you can't add your own touch yeah. to it. Ask the question, have the conversation, see where you can be flexible. Mm. Flexibility. That's probably the nicest way to say what I was trying to say is... <laughs> But when do I say things simply? Never. You're very eloquent. (laughs) No, no, no. We know that not to be true. Hey, we've only got a couple minutes left in this episode. Let's talk about vows then. Let's get, because we've we've been skirting around, but let's crack it. What Hit me. So I, I would say the same thing for readings applies to your vows. Don't look to the internet for inspiration. Mm. The best place to start is from the heart and this is specifically for a celebrant wedding because you don't have to have the traditional lover on obey uh for richer for poorer and sickness and in health you can just ditch that and do whatever get rid of it so think about whether there's three options i talk about with my couples if you don't feel confident reading in front of all your guests which is fine ask for something that is along the lines of something your celebrant will say and you'll say i do in response and that'll be your vows Hmm. or go for something that you can do the repeat after me that's that can also be written by you but you'll get that prompt or third option if you do feel comfortable reading then write something yourself and I will always have a printed presentation copy for my couples to read from Mm -hmm. and you can either what I normally do is get them to face each other when they're doing their vows and then they don't have to look at everybody who's smiling back at them (laughs) with tears in their eyes holding their mobile phones yeah no I don't let my weddings do that fantastic well I 
discouraged. Good. Um, be in the moment. It's one way Live to for the love of God. <laughs> Just watch something without holding the fucking phone. <laughs> So the best place to start, I think, is, as I say, don't go online and don't look in books and stuff for inspiration, but make a list without pressure of the things that are important to you, Mm. the things that you love about your partner, the promises that you want to make to them, the things you're looking forward to, and and just write from the heart. It doesn't have to be the same as everyone else's. It doesn't have to be, like, crazy weird but you can include whatever you want, Mm. just whatever feels comfortable to you. And then it's worth also thinking about whether you want to share your vows with your partner beforehand. And sometimes it's a good idea if you want to feel prepared, but at the same time it can be really lovely to have your partner read their vows to you and you've not heard them for the first time. I think that's so delightful. Yeah. Yeah. There may be tears on both sides. I'll embrace it. I thought I'd cry on my wedding day. I was too happy. I was too <laughs> happed up. Happed up's a new word. I was too happed up and I uh, didn't. But I yeah. felt very, you know, in the moment. It was really uh, lovely. Yeah. We promised, because I really like the, uh, I don't know if anyone's going to know what this is, the drink Milo, which is just like a chocolate oval teens Ooh. drink. It's an Australian thing. I've it seen it in the supermarket good. here, but it's like a malt Is it like chocolate. 18 pounds here? Yeah, it's really yeah. expensive. <laughs> and it's full of sugar. Like, it makes you fat. <laughs> I've tried to make my own sugar-free version. It's working okay, but I know deep down it's not the same as the Milo in the tin. But we promise, I when I have my chocolate milk drink, I really heap the spoons up. Oh, yeah. I say it's so. two tablespoons, but really it's 23 tablespoons. <laughs> And just like, a splash of milk in yeah, your jar. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah. like a, ooh, a, a shot of milk and then the rest is all the chocolate. <laughs> so we included my love of Milo and yeah, which making perfect. a good Milo for me was very important. I mean, uh, this is probably not a very good example, but Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston Please. famously had very interesting vows. They, um, She vowed to make him his favourite banana milkshake every morning. Bless. And he vowed to, what was it he said? I think he said that they would split the difference on the thermostat. Um, which is a really is important perfect. thing. No couple I know has heating, dual heating preferences. No. It doesn't exist. Yeah. If you meet someone that's comfortable in the same temperature as you, you hold on to them. Yeah. So feel free to be as as personal and honest as you like in your in your vows. I think you know, make reference to the some of the things that are in jokes for you guys um, and the things that you are happy to sacrifice for each other, you know? My, my sister, I didn't do my sister's wedding, but in her um, in her vows, she promised to... Um, I can't even remember what she said now. You might have to cut that bit out. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> I'm, sure she's, I'm sure she said something about, like, just, like, promising not to be pissed off if he was going to be, like, away playing golf all weekend or Great. something. And these are, like, actual real things that are important to couples. Yeah. So think about what matters to you and then find a way. And also, you know... Like, get your help from your celebrant. That's what you're paying them for. If you're not sure, I will happily work through numerous drafts of people's vows and we can meet and we can practice them or we can do that over Skype until you feel comfortable. Mm. That's what they're there for. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a one-time, one-trick pony no. situation. And I feel the same with a lot of different vendors. I had a lovely um, a Tony, a lovely wedding DJ on a couple of weeks ago and he was sort of saying... You should be talking. These are people you're paying to create this day that you've put so much yeah. effort and so much expectations attached to it. Why would you not use the services? And Absolutely. I think from a vendor perspective, you guys appreciate having the contacts. You know you're going to do the job. Yeah, correctly. yeah. It's more worrying to me if I write a ceremony for my couples and they just go, yeah, that's fine. Uh, That'll do. 
I'm like, no, but is it really fun? Like, did it light your heart up? Like, were you almost in tears we when you start? read it? Yeah. And if you weren't, then I'm going to change it. Yeah. Until you are. Speak up. Yeah. Do the reading. And don't just leave this to the last second. Please. No. Please. It's never too early to plan your vows. Good. That's a, that's, well, that's the winning phrase. Yeah. Say that again. It's never too early to plan your vows. Because that's what you're there for. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's the one bit of the day where everyone's really going to be paying attention. And as I said at the start, you can have control over everything else. Have a bit of control over your ceremony. Exactly. Power, prepared, preparation is what I was trying to say. <laughs> and have fun with it. Inject your own personality. Yeah. Don't 100%. be cookie cutter. Bride chillers, groom chillers, listen to me. You are not cookie cutter in any other way because you're listening to this podcast. And cookie cutter brides and grooms don't listen to the Save the Date Wedding podcast because no? they would be going, yeah. They'd be like, that's weird. What's going on with that? I don't understand. I would never want that. What is she talking about? <laughs> get fucked. All right. Uh, CelebrantLondon.com is where you will get in touch with Holly. Mm-hmm. If you want to just riff, get in touch with her. Talk. Oh, yeah. She's a good emailer. More than happy to do a free consultation. Oh, you're just fantastic. Find her on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah. On the Twitter. Oh, my God. My Instagram's not wedding related. Instagram's like books I've read and cheese on toast. But can I just say, can we have a quick, <laughs> not even a quick plug, a plug for your podcast as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm super into books and I have a fortnightly podcast about books and reading. It's called Bookish Blether. And I present Blether, it with B-L-E-T-H-E-R. B-L-E-T-H-E-R. It's a Scottish word. It means just to ramble. Can you say it in the accent? I can't say I don't do Scottish. Blether. Blather. Blather. Bookish blather. Bookish blather. I sound like the IRA. That was more Irish. See, <laughs> I don't do northern accents because that happens. Well, that's why I'm from Scotland originally. I know. And I, the accent is very refined. It, I don't really have it unless I'm super tired or I'm on the phone to my parents or I've been drinking. Great. Yeah, then it comes out. And I feel like my Australian accent, although it's clearly here, I'm going home for a bit of visit, so when oh, it yeah. comes back, when I'm, I'm going to record some MIPS while I'm there. Oh yeah, you'll be unrecognisable. So I'll be like, oh, how's it going? Oh, and people are like, who is that? <laughs> Can't wait. For people will be going, oh my ears, she's she's going ghetto. <laughs> um, it's been such a pleasure to share this time with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I feel like we could have made 14 episodes out of yeah, this because we did... forever. It's my favourite subject. Yes, and if you have a question, I would like to get Holly back on the show. Sure. Again. So if you have a question regarding vows, services, other things, anything really, you've seen a lot of things. You've done weddings, you've experienced, it'd be nice to do some more. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Thank you for listening, lovely people, and uh, looking forward to talking to you again soon. Hope you're having a great week. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.